Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Abriana Lopez. All right, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number 429. And we're recording live on August 27th. Abriana, how are you? Nice hat. Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the weather is still good. Although today we finally had rain after lots of days of sun. We're uh, getting rain as well. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but it's good. It's back to sunshine uh, tomorrow and for the rest of the week. So I'm excited. We have a long weekend coming up here before all the kids go back to school next week. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's um it's a long weekend here and so it's Labor Day coming up Monday, but it's also my birthday this Friday. Yes. So if you want to send me birthday wishes, I like uh chocolate, wine, kind thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but seriously, the weather was so hot last week and then now it's been like raining and pretty cool here the past couple of days and we were thinking about maybe doing um we call it shoot the hooch. So you float down the Chattahoochee river for like, you know, four or five hours in tubes and, you know, hang out with friends. I wanted to do that Saturday, but now I'm like, oh, if it's going, cause that water apparently is pretty cold. So, you know, if it's not like 90 degrees out, I'm thinking we're going to have to change plans. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, sounds like fun. I've, I've, uh, we don't have a river like that around here that we can, uh, we can tube down. So that's, yeah. That, we'll have to do like yeah. a location-based marketing associations, you know, Chattahoochee float sometime in the summer. There you go. There you <laughs> go. That would be fun. Um, anyhow, we have a good show for you. We have three industry news stories, three member news stories. Uh, um, lots going on in, in the LBMA world right now. Um, we uh, a couple of new members recently. I uh, joined the organization, so uh, Skyhook uh, is uh, is officially on board with the, with the LBMA now. And uh, just last night, we uh, we got a new member uh, called Geologic. Uh, they're out of Tokyo, out uh, of the Japanese chapter, and that's a market that's growing really, really fast for us uh, right now as well. So, yeah, lots going on. So, um, you know, we're we're always awesome. excited about new members. Yeah, so. Um, very very cool and uh, yeah. So why don't we we'll, we'll, we'll jump right into uh, to our stories. I'll, I'll let you kick it off with uh, All right. Spot Hero. So, so our yeah our first story comes from Spot Hero and we've talked about these guys, but it's been a really long time since we've mentioned them. Um, and if you don't know what Spot Hero is, it is like an app that you can download and help you find parking, um, off street parking. So they have just raised um, $50 million in Series D funding. And this round was led by Macquarie Capital. So now they've raised a total of $118 million in, in working capital. Um, so the plans with this money are to expand their digital platform, strengthen their tech stack. Um, and then they also want to kind of um, standardize the access that that certain, I guess, properties have and the options for parking um, all throughout North America. Um, so what's interesting, though, is that the off-street parking space as an industry is worth $20 billion. That is a huge number. So, of course, um, they're getting funding. That seems like a great market to be in, especially when you're combining something that is 
um, a need that in places like Atlanta is not going away. Um, but they have digitized over 7,000 parking lots in the US and Canada. So that's a lot of uh, parking spaces. And, you know, obviously, there's multiple days and times that those can be rented and leased out. Um, so they have they have completed half a billion dollars in sales um, all time to date, and they are looking they're projecting to have a billion dollars in sales by um, you know the next year. Um, but you know I recently used Spot Hero and and I think it's a it has continued to get better every time I've used it because it's not often that I need to use it. Uh, but you know, every time I have used it, it has continued to get better. Um, the one thing that I would say though, is that like this last time I accidentally booked a wrong time. Um, and so it took, like I had to actually email them. There's no in-app support. So if you're listening Spot Hero, you can make a better customer experience if you had like in-app chat or anything like that would be amazing just to quickly, um, you know, take care of that. But I will say that they did the right thing and they gave me a refund. So, hey, shout out for that. But I think it's really great that they're, you know, they're raising money, they're expanding, you know, they're kind of trying to streamline things and, um, you know, the experience keeps getting better. And obviously it's a need that in a driving, you know, country like we are in most cities, uh, it's not going away. So there you go. Spot hero. Yeah, uh, I love these guys. I mean, they they've they've been at it for a while. They're doing fantastic. I mean, half a billion dollars uh, in uh, in in revenue in sales, anyways, is 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 nothing to sneeze at. It's uh, you know these guys are, are are you know have been at it. Like I said, we've talked about them before, um, and I think there's a need for these kinds of services. So you know, fifty million bucks in a Series D. Um, you know, it sounds like good fuel to take something that's already working, uh, and, and move it forward even faster. I mean, I know here in Toronto where I am, downtown parking is, it's a nightmare. I mean, it's it, number one, it's expensive. It's like, you know, you go and park at any one of the, in the financial district, uh, area, you're going to pay 40 to 50 bucks a day, uh, you know, to park there. It's, it's not cheap. Um, and so trying to manage that in a platform and being able to understand, you know, and, and what they have 7,000 parking lots in the U.S. and Canada digitized. Like, I mean, this is great. Um, you know, and, and, and often you get in there and then you can't find a spot, right? You can't, you know, that's the thing, right? It is, okay, I'm, I'm, I've already bit the bullet. Now I'm going to pay the 40 or $50. And now, like, I'm driving around for, like, the next 10 minutes trying to find a, an open spot in these, in these lots. And, and that's frustrating, right? So it's it's not just what you're actually paying; it's the it's the cost of your time that's being wasted there, and time you have to account for, and getting to whatever meeting after you're trying to get to or whatever. So, uh, so those are always challenges. So I, I love platforms like this, and um, you know, like this would be an interesting thing to talk about at something like Retail Loco in Atlanta, right? Because I think um, there's a big need for this type of solution, um, and. And, and I think a lot of uh, the mall operators, a lot of the, the retail um, uh, real estate companies that we work with, you know, are actively looking for better ways to serve their customers. And, uh, you know, when it comes to, to parking and, and just the management of cars uh, and traffic flow, and I think this is one big component to that. So good for, for Spot Hero. So there you go. All right, on to our uh, second story this week. Um, this one's really interesting. So uh, in Israel, there's a supermarket chain called uh, Shufersal, uh, is how I'm going to say it. I don't know if that's right. Uh, it's S-H-U-F-E-R-S-A-L. Um, 
And what they've done is, is they've uh, released a location-based app uh, that's targeted at helping uh, people who have low vision or blind navigate the shopping uh, experience in their grocery stores. Um, the app is called Right Here. Uh, it's just R-I-G-H-T-H-E-A-R, all one word. Um, and it's all targeted at the visually impaired market. Um, it uses the smartphone of the customer with the app installed. And then in real time, um, as you're, as you're walk, walking around in the store, it gives you real-time audio descriptions of what's near you uh, so that you can you understand what you know where you're at what you're shopping at so I think it's really cool it's, it's all obviously Bluetooth uh, beacon uh, enabled uh, with voice uh, notifications you know and it, to me it's, it's cool because it blends two things we've talked about a lot on this show over the years indoor navigation and beacons and all that sort of stuff and voice and the power of what you can do with voice now this is a completely different we've been talking about voice commerce and voice search and, and a lot of things like that but voice is voice, and it, it, it's it's becoming part of mainstream life. Whether you're visually impaired or you're not, uh, we all see the utility in, in using, uh, you know, just speaking uh, for directions or speaking to get something done, uh, or in this case, hearing something that can make our lives easier. Um, and uh, so I'm really excited about this. Um, not the first uh, and the only in the market, but certainly uh, super useful. Uh, I know uh, I was in the same article, it's referred to uh, Wegmans in the U.S. Uh, ha has an app called Ira, A-I-R-A, which does something very similar uh, in the U.S. market. So anyhow, uh, if you're in Israel and uh, you are visually impaired, uh, then go check out uh, Shoe for Saul uh, and the Right Here app. Yeah, or even if you're not, you know, yeah. close your eyes and see how the experience is. Mm -hmm. um, put yourself in somebody else's shoes for a moment. I think this is really great. You know, I have a, a cousin that was born premature, and so she is legally blind. Um, so she can see, like, shadows and kind of enough to guide her way around. But finding something in a grocery store would be really overwhelming to her. So I think something like this is so amazing. Um, and I know there's lots of different tools that she can use and, you know, it's, it's really great to see, um, companies like, you know, I think about some sort of some of the, the mission that we have here, you know, at the LBMA and, and within this podcast is like, yes, we love location, but, um, we also really enjoy seeing location used for love. And so like, this is one of those things that. Um, I think is, is like, you know, it is that uh, Samaritan, it is that, you know, reaching somebody who needs some extra help. And so, um, you know, empowering people who, you know, just have a little bit more challenges than some of the rest of us is really, really great. So I don't really have a whole lot to add on the technology side, but I just, I love seeing stories like this and kind of transitioning to our next story, um, you know, is a, is a, is an acquisition story, but I really like the mission statement of one of these companies. So I'll get to that in a second, but, um, Jivestream, so hailing from Toronto where a yeah. is based Jivestream, which was, um, or is a, a shopping mall campus mapping kind of like wayfinding, um, technology company was just acquired by Inpixon, which is indoor positioning analytics. It's based out of Silicon Valley. Um, and, you know, Jivestream, I know we've heard them in, in the, you know, digital industry for a long time. They actually started off with more of like the digital signage and screens and things of that nature and sort of transitioned um, into the mapping and the design and really just fueling the back end um, for other providers like they from Mall of America to the Pentagon. So they've done obviously some really big things with their technology. 
Um, well, so this this um, acquisition is really interesting because um, in Pixin is indoor location data platforms, which ingest diverse data signals. So they do they have their own proprietary data, IoT, some third party sensors. Um, so it detects uh, and positions all active cellular uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth devices, and then they use some proprietary uh, process that ensures anonymity, which you know is always like high on my hit list for how viable um, a company is and also like how customer friendly they are. Um, so now what, what Impixin is saying is they can kind of offer the four elements that they view as really important for um, like the essential blocks to make indoor spaces um, you know, and very information rich. So the four things they, they detailed were mapping, positioning, analytics, and development tools. So now this kind of gives them the whole suite of products by um, acquiring um, Jivestream. So, um, but I love the, I think it was in Pixin there. Um, I love the anonymity, of course, and I love their mission, which is do good with indoor data. So there you go. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited by this, right? Obviously, you know, Hailing from Toronto, Jivestream, uh, you know, it's all, it's great to see companies, you know, who've been at it for a while, who've persisted and survived and, you know, get, get acquired in this way. Um, you know, I've, you know, known Chris Wigan, uh, the, um, who's uh, one of the founders uh, and, and CEO over there for some time. And, uh, you know, in Pixins, uh, you know, another great part of uh, the LBMA community as well. And, and I think, where they're going right now um, in terms of building this sort of data aggregation platform around indoors, I think makes a ton of sense. And to your point, the uh, sort of anonymity of the data is, is where the whole industry is going right now. Um, but to focus that, you know, what they're doing around the indoor aspect of that and the four elements that you talked about here, uh, mapping, positioning, analytics, and development tools, um, it is, I think, you know, a really solid play in the marketplace. And, you know, when we get to, for example, something like Retail Local coming up in, in Atlanta, you know, we always, as you know, have a focus on indoor location. It's always a topic at, at these events. Um, and, you know, everybody's, everybody in retail, everybody in our community has played around with this stuff for years, right? Um, and I think one of the biggest challenges we've seen in the industry is, is that, while there's been a lot of beacon deployments and a lot of Wi-Fi deployments and a lot of indoor mapping solutions out there, one of the pieces that's been extremely lacking has been the integration of data. Um, so often you deploy a, a, you know, a beacon network or you deploy a whatever, but it's not designed to talk to some of the other systems uh, out there. It, it doesn't integrate to you know, the transactional systems. You can't you know, sync the data easily. Um, and I think that we're, with what these guys are doing, while they're not, you know, looking at the transaction systems, the fact that they're pulling all the data into a single environment uh, to, and managing it in that way means that, you know, with the right APIs and so on, it's ready to 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 have those kinds of conversations with other platforms, right? Um, and so I, I like it from that point of view, and I, and I think you know about it really is in today's world about. Um, you know, sort of data integration, mashing up best practices, um, and putting those things together into a single platform. So I, I think it's a strong acquisition, and I think it's, a, you know, just a harbinger to more, uh, you know, to come from Inpixin. So, yeah, I like it. Okay, so that's our three industry news stories for this week. We're going to shift over to our members now. Uh, and I'll kick that off with a story about Amazon. So. Um, Amazon continues to roll across the U.S. with their treasure truck 
Now, this is something that they, they did last year as well. Uh, it was a big success, and uh, so they're expanding this. Um, and so they have this thing called the Traeger truck, and they drive it across the U.S. Um, it's, it's currently on the road right now. They said it's going to Charlotte, North Carolina, Cincinnati, and Columbus, Ohio, and Las Vegas. Um, so basically what it is, if you've not seen Treasure Truck, you can just search, you know, on social media for hashtag Treasure Truck, or you can text uh, to sign, uh, sign up to be, you know, amongst the first to learn about where it's going to be. You can text to 24193 as well. Uh, but basically what it is, is a curated um, service from Amazon where every day there's like new surprises, hand-picked items uh, from Amazon each day. Um, and they show up in these locations with the truck. And, um, you know, they, they basically create an experience for people. So it's, it's not just shopping on Amazon. It's a curated experience, a unique offering from them, an experience to actually, you know, see the truck and, and, and you know, kind of buy from that, if you will. Uh, obviously, you shop through your Amazon account. Um, so it's kind of a one of a kind way, you know, in the physical world to experience Amazon. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting. And, and so you, so you, you, see something on the treasure truck, you order it through your Amazon account, you can decide where you want to pick it up. Um, you know, and, and what time and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it, it's not amazing. It's not, um, there's not no big technology innovation here or anything like that, but it is fun. And I think it, it's, um, it's an interesting way for a brand and a company like Amazon to kind of touch people in the physical world, um, you know, by rolling this truck across the U S and creating little, little events and little experiences for people. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, I, I think that Amazon of course, you know, is always thinking about blending digital and physical, you know, they've thought about this with their stores. They've thought about this, um, you know, with like the lockers and, and delivery and return places, you know, inside of malls. Um, so this is kind of like another one of those touch points that we're seeing from them and how they're, you know, trying to continue to do that. Um, you know, for me, this is not necessarily like a huge revenue generator for them, but I think that it's just more of a humanizing, uh, a humanizing touch point for them, right? Like they, they are not just becoming like this huge e-commerce platform. They are becoming, you know, these people that are interacting with communities and sort of like moving throughout the country. So I like that. I think that it's thoughtful. I think that, um, from even just like a brand, uh, a, a brand reputation perspective. Um, it gives them a lot of strength. So whether it's, you know, necessarily like doing anything super, you know, technical or advanced or, you know, generating lots of dollars, I think from a brand perspective, this is a smart move for them. So it's cool. Glad they're doing it still. <laughs> um, so our next story is, um, is a partnership and we've seen these two companies work together before. <clears throat> but they're expanding that a little bit here. So Comscore and PlaceIQ are launching um, what they call Movie Lift. And so Comscore, you know, is focused more on like planning, transacting, evaluating media across the different platforms. And we talk about PlaceIQ often here. Um, so they are focused more on consumer behavior and location analytics um, and, and data and insights. And so this new offering called Movie Lift is gonna help media buyers have a better idea or have more clarity and insights into 
um, you know, the attribution and impact of television, uh, you know, desktop and mobile marketing, those efforts and how it's actually driving people to attend a movie. Um, so they, this is the first time that Comscore is actually um, incorporating the movie's data into, um, into its marketing impact suite. But the joint venture um, started actually back in, I think, 2017 when Comscore and Place IQ um, looked at, let's see, they have a similar solution that helps clients quantify the impact of digital media um, for in-store foot traffic and store visits. So sort of similar to that, you know, just kind of expanding it out more to the, the movie theaters and saying like, hey, did they see this trailer? Then they actually went to the movie theater. Um, you know, so this is definitely a, a topic that we discuss, you know, here, even, you know, with the whole like digital element, you know, what we're working on, new stuff coming. Um, but, you know, this is something that's a need in the market. So I think this is cool that they're doing something so niche and specific. Um, you know, you've got a lot of entertainment companies that are out there. So the ability to kind of measure that has been really traditionally very hard for them to do. Um, and so this seems like a good opportunity for them to kind of hone in on who's actually attending the movies and, you know, is their media spend and placement paying off and is there one place that is paying off more than others? So pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of 50, 50 on this and I'll, and I'll tell you why. So, so I, I, I like the partnership. I think that, you know, these two companies working together makes sense. I think the data that they're providing here makes sense. I think that, um, you know, my only issue with this is, is I wonder, you know, what, what's the level of investment to make this happen against the size of the, the market in terms of who's actually going to use this, right? So when you say there's a lot of media companies out there, sure. Um, but, you know, um, A, how much are they spending on advertising for these movies versus, you know, what's going to cost them to measure the attribution against that? And um, so... Functionality wise, I love it. You know, the combination of Comscore and Place IQ, I love it. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's a very niche product, right? Like, it's a very focused uh, market that they're going after here. And so I, I just don't know enough about the size of that market to say whether or not I think this is, um, you know, a good investment or not. But, but I think, I think it's important. It's an important market to track. I think it's, um, you know, and if it's not a, a major, you know, sort of R and D costs to kind of, you know, tie these two products together. Um, then I think it's probably, you know, extremely worthwhile. And, um, and so, yeah. Um, you, you know, I think, uh, I'll tell you this. I mean, we go to a lot of movies in my household, um, because my son is lives in the Marvel, Marvel universe. Um, <laughs> and literally there's a movie like every month, I think that's coming out or a TV show now on Disney plus or whatever it is. So, um, you know, it's interesting, right? And so constantly he's like, you know, come watch this trailer, come look at this. And then like, you know, it's like, you know, and, and then like a week later we're at that movie or whatever. So, uh, so it works in my house. I can tell you that, um, you know, I don't know how you're measuring that and all that, but, uh, but certainly the advertising works. It's, it's, it's impacting my kid and ultimately costing me money to go to movies. So, um, yeah, I hear you on the reach thing because, you know, we, we always talk about this, you know, even when we're at Retail Loco and things like that, like the more dialed in you get in terms of, 
you know, accuracy and granularity, well, granularity, I should say specifically, yeah. you know, the less reach you have. So if you're looking at a movie theater, right, let's say you've got, you know, 10 or 20 different screens within a given theater, and then you have to actually map the show times, and then you have to map where the screens are, and then you have to say, like, did they actually, you know, dwell there? And so then you have to say, well, what percentage of, let's say there's 100 people in that movie, you know, what percentage of those 100 people can I actually have access to their location data to ensure that they were there and did indeed view that movie? I mean, that's hard. And, you know, if you're getting down to that level of granularity, you know, the percentage of people that you may be able to track across the media and in the theater it's tough, right? Like from a, even just from a technology perspective, it is tough, but, um, you know, I think that sometimes there's from a product perspective, there's things that you can productize and package up differently and deliver differently. Um, when it might be in essence, sort of the same thing. So maybe this is just sort of a reach in a direction to where, you know, place IQ sees, you know, some advertising dollars coming from and, and, and companies pouring in, you know, so even if it is a smaller reach, I guess some numbers are better than no numbers. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I, I think it's a good partnership. I think it has like some, some really great potential and it is really what comes down to the reach, and the impact there. So yeah. Awesome. Um, Okay, our final story now for this week uh, is TomTom, Tom, uh, or as my friend PJ in Amsterdam likes to say, it's TomTom. Tom. Um, I don't know, but uh, yes, I say TomTom, Tom, but it's not because uh, it's Dutch and that's not how they say it. Um, anyhow, um, they uh, have launched a series of APIs that's focused on the emerging elect electric mobility market. So. By this, we're talking about electric vehicles, cars, motorcycles, whatever uh, the case might be. And so they've launched two APIs. Uh, the first is called Long Distance EV Routing. Um, and really what that is, is an API that basically looks at the route from A to B uh, on one charge, uh, one electric vehicle charge. And then the route, routing algorithm is designed to optimize the travel time and calculates the route, including stops to get to the charge. Uh, and displays an estimated arrival time uh, and then also factors in the amount of time it takes to actually charge the vehicle. So basically, as this market's just emerging and evolving, um, you know, we need tools that can factor all these things in so people aren't running out of, you know, their charge and can get to where they need to get to. And so they built an API uh, that leverages, you know, all of their data uh, on calculating those routes and factoring in this kind of stuff. Uh, so that's called the Long Distance EV Routing API. The second one uh, is focused on the actual charging stations themselves. It's called the uh, EV Charging Stations Availability API. And this is about knowing where the charging stations are. Um, so it's, it's you know, where, these, where, the, where they're located. Uh, they have all the data by plug type. Uh, so obviously there's different types of plugs uh, depending on the electric vehicle. Um, and so you know as a driver uh, that uh, before you show up at a charging station whether that one actually supports your vehicle with the right plug type or not and things like that. So uh, all this being said is that this is a, an emerging market, it's a new market. Um, every car manufacturer out there is working on an electric vehicle right now. Um, you know, I, I saw one stat recently that said by 2030 or something they expect 
40% of vehicles in North America to be electric. Um, so that's not that far out, um, you know, um, and, and I think that as we, as we sort of move along that path, um, that, uh, you know, this type of data and, and knowing that not just that there's a charging station, you know, on my route, but that it, it actually has the right plug for my vehicle, you know, because I'm not driving a Tesla or whatever, it's not a truck, you know, and all those kinds of things. Uh, I think become really, really important, right? So good on these guys for kind of jumping in early to kind of provide the APIs and provide the data sets that, that we're going to need, the car manufacturers are going to need, and, and us as consumers are going to need to uh, navigate the waters of, of electric vehicle charging and uh, optimization. So. Yeah, I really like this, you know, right now, like, obviously, we have the G7 summit going, going on. And, you know, world leaders are, you know, gathering together talking about the future of technology and, you know, the impact on the environment and how things are going to change or not change. Um, and so, you know, this is important. I think, you know, what's interesting is you don't really think about the implications, all of the implications of, you know, making that change from, you know, regular, like, you know, gasoline driving car to, you know, an electric car and, and how does that change your driving habits and your, your behavior? Right. And so one of those things is the route that you might take because you're not driving to get off at the exit to go to the nearest gas station, you're driving to a charging station. So I love that they're thinking about this and really getting in front of it. Um, and I just think that it's really important. So I have, uh, my husband and I like made a promise to each other that we would never, uh, purchase a minivan. So um, I'm still holding tight to that. However, I did see a concept, um, VW put out a concept electric uh, van, like the old VW van. And I was like, if that comes to fruition and it looks like the old one, like as cool as that, you know, was, I would, I would, I would go back on that. I might consider driving a minivan. There you go. No. Uh, we have a minivan, so I, 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 you know, there's, there's no notion of that in, in our household. So yeah, we're on our second one. <laughs> I know everybody who has one loves it. Yeah, it's, it's so, it's so, you know what it is? It's the, it's the sliding doors, right? I know. <laughs> that, that's really at the end of the day, probably the biggest utility and, and obviously all the cargo space, but. Uh, yeah. Well, you just like push the button and everything's automatic, right? Yeah. Don't worry space. about your kids dinging the cars next to them. Yeah, really great for when you're setting up a new office and you have like a gazillion things to bring from Ikea back to your office. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Team minivan. <laughs> Team minivan. So there you go. That's our show for this week. Um, you've been listening to episode number 429 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Um, of course, if you have story ideas, feedback, criticism, you just wish to send Aubriana uh, birthday greetings, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. Reach out to us. We're easily found on all the social media channels out there. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, and if you're watching the video uh, version of this, then contact information's at the end of the show. We thank you for listening and watching each week. And uh, of course, we'll be back next week with 4.30. Have a great week um, and see you soon. Bye. Bye.